morning, welcome to ANZ News. It's Wednesday the 12th of May. Today we're talking about why this is different to post-GFC. This money will catch on fire. The warning drums of the implications of this unprecedented monetary stimulus experiment are growing louder and louder. Some draw on historical precedent, some draw on the realities of math, and some just plain old economics 101 of supply and demand. Most of the current commentary on the implication leads to fears of inflation, of which the Fed is trying to convince us will be transitory. There certainly is evidence to suggest the peak of it may well be, but the pressures of still much higher support beyond that peak remain. There are also those who are saying inflation fears from when QE first came in to be around 2008 never actually played out. That is correct in traditional CPI terms, but look at financial assets amid a moribund economic recovery. Ask the top 10% if they enjoyed inflation since the GFC. More fundamentally, however, this construct this time is very different to that of post-GFC. Famed financial commentator for London's The Telegraph, Ambrose Evans-Pritchard, writes insightfully to this and is worth reading in full, as we're going to talk about here. US inflation fears mount as the Fed monetizes Biden's deficits. The US Federal Reserve and Treasury are repeating one of the most disturbing episodes of the 1940s and risk stoking a destructive inflationary boom, a leading monetary watchdog has warned. The Center for Financial Stability, or the CFS, in New York says US money supply data are flashing a red alert that excess reserves in the banking sector threaten to set off an explosion of lending as the recovery accelerates. The Fed is riding a tiger by the tail and may have great difficulty extricating itself from a torrid monetary experiment that is reaching its limits. The CFS said its divisia measure of the broad M4 money supply rose 24% in March from a year earlier and its M1 variant rose 36.9%. Those monetary growth rates are potentially alarming, said Professor William Barnett, the institution's director. Professor Barnett said de facto collusion between the Fed and the Treasury is much like the 1940s, when the Fed served as a fiscal agent for democratic administrations and mopped up the vast bond issuance needed to pay for World War II and its aftermath. Inflation reached 17% by mid-1947 and creditors were gradually expropriated in what amounted to be a stealth default stretched over several years. The US output gap has already closed, and Joe Biden's $6 trillion fiscal plan is expected to push economic growth above its pre-pandemic trajectory by next year. Five-year break-evens measuring inflation expectations have jumped to 2.71%, the highest since the pre-Lehman boom, yet the Fed is continuing to buy $120 billion of bonds each month. The situation is fundamentally different from the ways of QE after the global financial crisis. Stimulus at that stage was needed to offset a contraction of the money supply as banks uh, slashed lending and sought to beef up their capital ratios to meet tougher Basel rules. Today's QE is monetization of fiscal deficits and is leading to a surge in bank reserves. This money will catch fire if monetary velocity returns to normal as the economy recovers. The Bank for International Settlements, the venerable club of global central bankers in Basel, also fired a shot across the bows last Thursday, warning that it could be a grave error for policymakers to let rip on monetary growth in the hope that social inequities could be cured with inflationary stimulus. The poor tend to suffer most when consumer prices suddenly start to rise. We should not forget the long-lasting scars of uncontrolled inflation on inequality, History abounds with episodes of high and runaway inflation that increased poverty and inequality via sharp reductions in real wages. This from Augustin Carstens, the managing director of the BIS. The story of US financial repression in the 1940s ought to be a warning for bondholders. The Fed under Mariner Eccles 
capped yields in order to stabilise the financial markets while the Roosevelt administration was running eye-watering budget deficits. It was justified, at first, as a patriotic necessity in the fight against fascism, but proved hard to stop, continuing into the late 1940s, when the rationale was no longer clear. This experiment with fiscal dominance led to a bitter dispute between the Fed and the Truman administration, ultimately leading to the Treasury-Fed Accord of 1951. This deal restored the operational independence of the central bank, but by then the compound effects, effects of double-digit inflation had fleeced long-term debt holders. This bond restructuring by stealth was highly successful in one sense. The US federal debt ratio fell from a peak of 120% of GDP in 1945 to around 70% a decade later, and yet further with the great inflation of the Johnson-Nixon years. Professor Barnett from the CFS said there are grounds for suspecting that the Fed is surreptitiously playing the same trick today, converting what is to be a temporary injection of liquidity into permanent monetization, while pretending that inflation is a remote concern. But in doing so, it has fallen into a trap of its own making, since it pays interest on excess reserves to commercial banks as a side effect of modern QE. This means it will have to pay them more as rates rise, at which point the institution might require recapitalization by the Treasury to avoid sinking below water. This would precipitate a political storm in Congress. Well, that's news for today. We hope you've enjoyed it. Not many images for you to check out today, which is good and bad, of course. Remember ainsleybullion.com.au for all things physical, gold, silver, and platinum, ainsleywealth.com.au for all things cryptocurrency, and goldsilverstandard.com for our own cryptocurrency built and backed by Ainsley. We'll catch you tomorrow for more news.